Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 139 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode a Plague Tale spoiler cast, uh, because I, uh, last week, I previewed A Plague Tale Innocence and uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page, and this week I'm going full spoilers in uh, A Plague Tale Innocence, but before that, I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com. Uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m. So go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, uh, write me an email, uh, give me a comment, let me know what you think of the show. Or you can subscribe to the show on Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Joe. So those are the places you can uh, drop me a line, let me know what you think, stuff like that. Or you can give me suggestions of games you want me to play and stuff like that. So yeah, like I said last week, uh, I'm going full spoilers. You've been warned twice now, full spoilers, so that's three times, on A Plague Tale, in a Plague Tale Innocence. I kind of went over a lot of the info of the studio and everything uh, last week, so go back to episode 139 when I talk about the studio, um, some of its influences and things like that. One thing that I did find in reviewing some of the info that I missed originally when I was researching this is that the two... Uh, voice actors that played Hugo and Amicia, the two main characters, the older sister Amicia and Hugo. Um, those were actually, um, I said in there, but I'll say it again, Charlotte uh, McBurney played Amicia and Logan Hannon played Hugo. Uh, I, when I was researching this, I found that in they were actually allowed to uh, be involved in the writing process of the game. So they helped shape how the characters should be. Um, I think that's actually pretty cool. I haven't really, I mean, I'm sure if you have like this upper tier uh, voice talent work in your game, like, you know, a celebrity, they probably get to say a lot. And even, you know, like Troy Baker, like some high end, but I, I don't know, this is a smaller studio. So to me, that just seems kind of amazing that they allowed them to do that. I will say that is probably the best relationship in the game so far. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly recap the game and we'll talk more about the themes and everything after I'm done my recap. The game took me about 14 hours to complete. I didn't complete everything. There was a couple of weird glitches that I had in the middle, so I had to restart a section uh, like a few times. I thought it was a glitch. Apparently, I was trying to do step four when I wasn't done with step two yet. I don't know if that was a if the game just wasn't um, telegraphing it correct because one of the characters fell through the world. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, it took me a little bit longer than normal to do what I wanted to do or, you know, finish the game because everything online said like 10 hours. But anyway, it is a short game to say the least. But basically, the game starts out, you are with your father, uh, who all of a sudden I forget his name and I didn't write it down. They always talk about the uh, Amicia and Hugo. But you are playing Amicia, you're following your father, um, you're going to go on a hunt. Uh, you basically, through a series of events, some of the stuff I'm just going to breeze through because I want to talk more about death and things like that that, uh, you know, the game really digs in on. Um, Basically, uh, the first death in the game is your family dog dies. Um, And it's pretty horrific. As a dog owner, I don't know what it is. I feel no qualms about going after somebody to game that is human, obviously, that has done my family wrong. Like in this game, when people come after your brother and they're like, I'll kill you, no problem uh, using my sling in the game and hitting them in the face with a rock. The moment a dog dies, I'm like, what What are you doing, game? This is totally ridiculous. But basically, it just sets up the fact that there's this infection, this uh, swarm of plague rats that is kind of in, you know, they've created these sinkholes and they've kind of changed the landscape uh, what I found, another interesting thing is I, I usually talk about plots, but I want to get this out of the way because there's another thing that I found when I was researching the game. 
They could have up to 5,000 rats at one time on the screen, and they had different teams to have, like, the faraway rats that were just like a mesh, and then have the closer rats that were obviously, you know, in in the game later you see rat tornadoes and things, which is pretty cool. I think there's actually probably a Ratnado movie as well. I haven't researched that. But anyway, immediately the issue of death comes up when you see your dog die at the hand of these rats. You go back and pray for him, but what happens is the Inquisition is also after your family, like I said, and last week in the very beginning, something is going on with your brother that the Inquisition wants very much. It's a little bit telegraphed. I don't know if this got spoiled for me or not, but basically uh, through a long series of events, it is discovered that your brother is the one controlling the rats. It is something to do with your family line, that it chooses the blood. Uh, I guess it maybe skips a generation. Maybe that's their way of saying that. So now Hugo has the ability to control uh, rats, right? And um, that's what the Inquisition wants. The uh, Vitalis, the basically, not the Pope, a cardinal, I guess. I don't know what his official, anyway, the Grand Cardinal, he wants this power and is getting blood transfusions from different people he thinks can do it. It looks like he's also very sick. Maybe he has the plague. I think that's alluded to a little bit. But basically this game is you being on the run from not only the rats, but the Inquisition. And to me, more and more uh, death keeps encroaching. I mean, yes, there's a play going on. And you just, the way they have animated death in the game is really, like, heart-wrenching. And again, like I said early in my my early preview, my um, impressions podcast, the moment you have to kill a person, Amicia really thinks about it. And it isn't just something that is she's fine with. You know, she really has to think about it. She asks what she's done. Um, she has to do it again. In fact, the first time she does it, I think her line is something like, you know, let him be okay, let him be okay, but he's not okay. <laughs> uh, and she had to do it to survive. And so this whole thing is about surviving. And what I do like is she meets, there's some orphan twins you meet, um, Arthur, and um, for some reason the female twin is escaping me. Um, anyway, she, oh wait, I can look it up right here. Um, she, you find them in the camp, you're captured. I don't, I think the only reason the, I think the only reason that, um, you know, that section where you get captured comes up is because they just want to teach you some new mechanics. Um, and uh, it doesn't really, anyway, it, oh, Melee is the, uh, Melee and Arthur, the twins you find in this camp. You and your brother get camp, captured, captured. You get captured, and it really is just to give you new mechanics to say, like, oh, because I don't really talk about mechanics in games, but I do like how they kind of dull out these mechanics. You have upgrade benches. You can upgrade your equipment, which is kind of cool. I really think you got to play the game twice to do that. But this idea of death keeps coming up where you're still, when you meet them, pushing back about the, the idea of having to kill someone. Even though you've had to do it, you feel horrible about it. And they say, listen, what do you think is going to happen? It was either going to be you or them. And this is just how it is. So there is moments uh, where, you know, they've taken your brother and they've done horrible things to your brother when you guys get captured. So you do get kind of on this revenge kind of bent to the game. And that's where some of those kind of go away. But I think it comes back around towards the end of the game when uh, um, uh, Melee's brother, Arthur, is killed during one of the last big boss battles with the... I don't even think he's got a name, but he's like the Inquisitor's right hand, big armored guy. He's got a, a a cross on his helmet that he sees through, an open cross, basically, and a big broadsword. Um, the, uh, 
he kills Arthur. Um, and uh, Melee's like, we gotta do it, we gotta go, we gotta kill all these people, you know? Well, that that comes back around because um, basically through all this stuff uh, that's been happening, you meet these kids. Um, I know I've kind of gone off the rails a little bit. So you meet these, uh, you're basically on the road with your brother running from the Inquisition. You get captured. Uh, in between that, you meet, um, I wish I would have written his name down. Uh, the, there is, um, so your mother, like I said in the beginning, your mother's trying to work on a cure for your brother. She has been working um, um, with uh, an alchemist named Laurentis. He is an apprentice named Lucas. Uh, you go there, you guys barely make it out, so now there's three of you. There's your brother, there's Amicia, Hugo, and Lucas. You get captured. You basically meet back up on the road. Then you meet the twins, uh, Millie and Arthur. And then you meet Roderick. So the, the reason why you meet Roderick is because um, you are still trying to uh, cure your brother. Your father's died. You think your mother's died. You find out your mother's actually alive. But um, you go to find this book because uh, Arthur, or not Arthur, uh, Lucas, the apprentice's, um, or the alchemist's apprentice, can make a potion just like your mother was making it to heal your brother. And he says, I need this book, but unfortunately it's in the university and the Inquisition is all over the university. You go there basically to find the book because obviously you want to help your brother. Not only have, um, you know, your parents died, your mother is alive, your father has died, um, but your brother could die. So, like, this idea of death, I mean, yes, again, there's a play going on, but this idea of death keeps coming up. And I think they deal with it really well where um, Amicia just doesn't want to lose someone else in her life, you know? And Hugo is very scared and very innocent because he's a boy. She gets the book and meets someone named Roderick, who's, like, the blacksmith's apprentice. He was working on a door um, that doesn't make sense to me because they talk about this door and how to open the door, but then you just go to a library. So I think maybe the door to under the library to get the book, maybe that's what the... I, I think that's also what the Inquisition wanted. That was one thing I lost the thread a little bit. But the Inquisition wants a book as well because the um, Vitalis, the grand pope, whatever he is, the... I don't know a lot about Catholicism. He, he wants a power too. He's been taking these blood transfusions from other people that seem to be able to control rats or at least he doesn't want the plague or whatever. Uh, but he wants Hugo's blood because he's read about it and he wants to control this malachor, this affliction. And then it, you come to find out that your brother can control the rats and that's what he's been hearing when he's been getting these migraines he's been getting. He's been hearing the rats talk to him, which I love a good, like I've said many times, I love cliches. I love a good supernatural story. The moment it started to be supernatural, I was totally all in and I loved it. So some people could shake their head about it and go, oh, I don't really want to do another supernatural, you know, whatever. It's not worth it. Uh, it's worth it. So, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so you meet Roderick, and the idea just keeps coming back. You guys go through various adventures together. Uh, again, I'm truncating most of this. Uh, and then it ends up that you have to go stop the... You have to stop by Talus. Uh, Arthur has died through a big boss battle with... Um, like the Inquisitor's right hand, like I said, the guy with the mask, with the cross mask, and the broadsword kills Arthur. He did the stereotypical thing in the movie where you, hey, go make sure that guy's dead, which they say, and uh, then he turns away. So, you know, maybe everybody else should not turn away. Uh, then what's his, uh, this villain stabs him. It's another reason uh, Melee is 
heartbroken that her brother's dead, but she goes on this total, total, total kind of um, vengeance, like this this vengeance that she's so mad she wants to burn everything. Um, and then when they figure out that he would control the rats, they go, well, maybe we have a shot now to kill Vitalis. So they decide to go to the cathedral, have a massive um, fight. Uh, you find out that, again, like I've said, your mother Beatrice is still alive um, because it's the bloodline thing. She kind of knew what was going on um, and helps uh, you defeat Vitalis at the end. But it's the idea he, he believes he's more important than death and obviously wants to cheat death. That is a great old idea. I love it. I've said it before. But, you know, then there's like this sadness. And I think there's these moments too in the game, which I've said this before, but like in D&Z stuff, I love it when there's downtime and when people can just relax. And you do have moments when you're at the keep. You find an old abandoned castle you set up as like a, like a home base. And you do reflect on... Whew, it's been really rough. You hang uh, the necklaces of your parents uh, on the tree to say, give them a proper burial. Uh, but Hugo, since he heard that his mother's still alive, obviously has to go find his parents. But And that leads to the end. You know, you find Hugo and all this stuff. But I, again, I do love the fact that it seems like even in this game, even when I'm really angry and have to get out of a tight spot and kill somebody, I really feel bad about it. Especially, which I haven't even mentioned, which I should now, is the rat mechanics. Like I said earlier, could be up to 5,000 rats on screen at one time. And later on, you get to direct rats. It, very early on, obviously, rats don't like light, so you can use a torch or a lantern to, like, kind of push them away. But there's incredibly harrowing scenes where you can or cannot. Like, somebody's trying to get out. They maybe have a little bit of light near them, but you can either extinguish the light or move the light so the rats will eat them and go towards eat their body and leave you alone. So that is something you can do or not do. And that was really 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 effective when it's like Amelia I think says Amicia says that like um, I guess there is a trophy involved somebody you can save a soldier and um, somebody says like wow I can't believe you did that and you said well I had to you know you probably didn't in fact there was one scene early in the game where you have to get the um, alchemist apprentice off of his farm there's a fire there's rats overtaking and you have to get the rats to eat something. You have a pig and a horse. And uh, the one thing I don't like where it breaks a little bit is um, Lucas says, oh, they just need meat, dead or alive. Well, as you were walking up to the farm, there was like cow carcasses and pig carcasses that the uh, rats have gone through, but there's still heads there and everything, you know? Um, I think it kind of acts like a hedgerow to kind of stop the rats from, like a trail, basically level design to show you where to go, but also to stop the rats from encroaching onto this farm. And when he said, oh, dead or alive, I was like, okay, I'll just go out and get a pig head, you know, or like a like a dead pig, like a pig or a cow head or a calf or something, and throw it in this barn to get the rats to move, and then I can get to where I need to go. But you had to kill the pig. I looked it up several times, and you had to kill the pig. So you had to go... Um, yeah, you had to do it. And, and I was like, man, that's something where, you know, because he says the line, alive or dead. And I thought, well, I got a choice. You don't have a choice. So you got to kill the pig. Uh, and then that's another thing that Hugo says, why do we have to do that? You know, and you say, Hugo, calm down. It was either him or us or, you know, what, what were we going to do? And, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the game keeps pushing on this narrative of, like, death. And, like, why did we do that? You know, this is really messed up. 
And I think even in, um, you know, modern games, even The Last of Us, especially The Last of Us Part Two, there's kind of, like, just this, like, with violence, like a shrug. Now, again, I'm not going to get on some moral high horse and say that this is how it should always be, and people should really ask these really tough questions. But it is nice once in a while for a game to go, yeah, this is really violent, isn't it? Like, I know Spec Ops Align did that a lot, where in the load screens it'd say, do you feel like a hero? You know, does this feel right? Do you feel good with what's going on? Um, stuff like that, which I thought was like uh, really good, and I like it when games push back like that a little bit. And it doesn't ever seem to lose the thread of what is this costing for you and your family. And again, that's something that doesn't really get explored uh, in games a lot. So I want more games uh, like A Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, again, I couldn't fit the full title in the description, so yeah, this game is A Plague Tale Innocence. And um, I think the last scene is somewhat hopeful. You know, it's like been, it's still the winter, but there seems to be a little bit of a frost. I think it's in February it takes place. And there is uh, like a fair going on and people seem to be really happy. And one of the guys mentions, hey, we're celebrating three days without any of the rats. So, um, you know, go to the fair. And then they kind of have a little thread where uh, a, a girl and a boy are wanted. And so they won't let you into the fair. That's during the epilogue. And your sister, Amicia, says, listen, Hugo, we have to go. I just don't want any problems. You get on a cart with uh, Lucas, and you go. Um, one thing I didn't mention, during the big battle with uh, Vitalis when you're on your way there, uh, Roderick, the uh, blacksmith, dies. Um, the blacksmith's son, which he's a blacksmith as well. He dies. And again, it's hammered home. Him and Hugo have a moment where they are, I guess, embraced or embracing. Hugo looks at him, and they do bring this question back of, like, why did we? Why is this happening? You know? Uh, I don't want him to die. Uh, he was he was pretty cool. He's a really nice guy. Uh, the voice acting was really good. I couldn't get the name of the voice actor, but um, yeah. Uh, all in all, I think there's very few games out there that keep they focus on death itself and uh, really make you think about uh, what has happened and what is, um, you know, like does this have to continue to happen? In fact. The idea with the rats just uh, wanting to um, kind of be, I guess, in a way. Like, they do, they are hungry and eat things, but, you know, you find out later that they are, um, you know, there's this whole force. I think somebody says it could have been during battle, so I didn't really catch it, but, you know, they're just here, <laughs> I guess. Like, they're not themselves evil. They just want to feed, and uh, they don't understand what is going on. I don't think they really get that people can control them. I don't know. To me, again, it is an amazing for a game to completely focus on death and make even killing matter and bring it up later in the narrative. I mean, my one critique would be um, uh, the new Tomb Raider games where Laura uh, has to kill, and it seems like it is a scene where she feels bad about it and then kind of moves on. Um but again, this later in the narrative brings up, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done this. Anyway, uh, that's basically my spoiler cast. Hopefully it was okay. I will try to, again, I'm trying to do more of these spoiler casts and try to get better at it. So play, if you, you know, if you played the game and maybe have a different take, please write me. Um, I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website www.gamingwithgrief.com at Monday morning at 7am. Please go there. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, you can also go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, write me a letter, an email, I should say. Let me know what you think of the show, what I can do to improve. Also, if you have a suggestion for a game or something, let me know there. 
Uh, you can also leave a comment below the episode of the podcast on the main website, GWG Podfellows. And you can subscribe to the podcast on uh, the Google Play Store or Apple iTunes. Um, or if you listen to it on SoundCloud, you can listen to it there too. I keep forgetting about that, but I do pay for SoundCloud. And then, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. So uh, I think that's it, guys. That's my podcast. Really loved A Plague Tale Innocence. Can't wait for Plague Tale Requiem. I don't know if it's going to be longer or shorter, but it seems like, uh, you know, they have a good base for a game, and I can't wait to see what's next from um, the team. Uh, that's it this week, guys, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.